quiet. Time for a start show. Trouble defeat, audience! Your move silently and hide checks are successful. Good evening, lords, ladies, non-binary, multi-form, constructs, and others. You have chosen your entertainment quite wisely, for you are about to experience the most wondrous spectacle in the great, venerable, and multiplanar empire of Voladros and the Wardens. I am your host proprietor, Romande Zwarfinde, and I welcome you to the Twenty-Sided Theatre. Dancing lights! night is here. After over a century, the inexilable Romande Zwarfinde will be taking the stage at the Acoustica Stump in order to play the traditional birthday hoedown for his sister Israiana's Sweet 216. But I have been sequestered in the Great Trunk, tuning my lute and making costume selections for my insufferable bastards. So, in any case, I have no idea what's happened in town this afternoon. To bring you more, here is Lara Harris and the Dipson Memorial Action Town Criers. <sighs> it's the closest he's gotten in three newscasts, I suppose. Good evening. I am Hera Laris, and tonight's top story continues the search for the criminal prankster known as Spangle Gloves. Just hours ago, an explosion rocked the Acoustica Tree of Records, scattering identifying documents far and wide across the swamp town. We now go live to the Wiz on the scene. The Wiz? Thank you, Pally. As you can see behind me, the whole bottom floor of the Tree of Records was taken out by what authorities suspect to be a blasting skull trap. I mean, whenever I cast Detect Magic, I can still feel really high levels of evocative and necromantic energy, so a blasting skull kinda makes sense here. Two groups of adventurers were supposed to be investigating the situation yesterday, Wiz. Where were they at the time of the explosion? Well, about half of the insufferable bastards and the drummer for the Red Hand were at Ground Zero, but from all accounts they were trying to disarm the thing. Silly dummies didn't realize that Skulls already ain't got no arms! Anyway, it doesn't look like anybody was killed or nothing, so Romande yelled out a window for everyone to get up to the Great Trunk for costume fittings. That's all I got for now, so back to you, Pally! Thank you, The Wiz. Remember, any information leading to the arrest or capture of the criminal known as Spangle Gloves will be rewarded with three gold pontillos. 
Please bring any such information to the Acoustica Town Guard or the Red Hand Minstrel Assassin's Quintet as soon as possible. When we return, Angar Flamehand will sit down in an exclusive interview with Master Imanon Shenouda, Brand Weaponer of the Empire of Velodros and the Uadens. But first, a word from our sponsor. Well, hello there. I must not have noticed you sneaking up on account of how I'm cleaning out this Myth and Stetson 97 caliber Dwarven hand cannon. Let me just lay this on the table here between us so as I can tell you about Spirit of the Swift Winds Express Delivery Service. Do you have a fragile package or frangible parcel that won't survive the bumping jostling that's typical of our competitors at sliding peg deliveries? I mean, them penguins are cute. And that shipping's quick, but their handling, well, it just leaves something desired. Although maybe it ain't handling so much as flippering. Anyhow, you don't want none of that low-quality kind of delivery service. You're a smart one, so you know that you can trust your most breakable bags, boxes, crates, and cargo with Spirit of the Swift Winds Express Delivery Service. Because no other service uses off-duty paladin mounts who can run your mail straight from a starburst in the sky right to your recipient's feet. I'm tipping decent, and they're paying it, so I'm saying it. Spirit of the Swift Winds Express Delivery Service is the finest mail delivery service available in your area. Coves and cozies of my blood-lusting audience, lay back in your gilded boxes, gulp down your libations again and again and again, adjust your listening devices to receive both channels that you may thoroughly enjoy your evening at the arena of our crow. Oh, no, ahem. <clears throat> Uh, in, enjoy your evening at the Twenty-Sided Theater. It's, it's the, the night, night of Israel's birthday party, party. and Romandet has finally come out of his dressing room, wearing the traditional green and brown rough-spun clothing of Acoustica. He's even put aside Romandet for the moment, taking up his childhood loot, which is comically small for him. He sashays into the green room, where the assembled party is adjusting their costumes, finishing their makeup, and tuning their instruments. All right, my insufferable bastards. Curtain in twenty. Now, now, form up in a circle and grasp each other's hands. Oh, um, Steve and Torea, how about you two hold Imanon's hands? No need to give anybody the old radiation tummy right before you go out to prove to all the worlds which of Day and Day's children is the greatest to ever grace any stage. Sure thing, Day. Though, I've got to complain a bit about this costume you picked out for me. The tutu is nice, but there's no 
spot for my tail to slip out of the leotard. We'll deal with that later. Just take Imanon's hand for now. Get your sticky yet somehow clammy hand away from me, chameleon. If you persist, then I shall remove your arm by erecting a weaponized prismatic wall between us. Imanon, we are about to invoke the father of war and the mother of weapons to aid us in my personal war on mediocre acoustican taste. Take the damn chameleon's hand and invoke your goddess! Fine, but Bard, the moment may I say the Forge Mother deems you too broken to fix, I shall disassemble you and part you out for my various projects. Torea, you're fine. I have no problem taking your hand. Thank you, Master Shenouda. The paladins of Mandos, the arbiter of fates, ever pride themselves on their graceful neutrality. It is why Lord Thrimlock selected me as his personal bodyguard. That's right, Torea. That and the God of Lots didn't want the body of a young paladin in training to go to waste. Plus, his order of paladins needed a founding member. Don't worry, though. Even if it were up to me, I'd have made sure that your fate was at least one order of magnitude better than Sonome's. Isn't that right, Sonome? Yeah. Shut up and take my hand, Sonome! And then take Morton's hand, since he's next in the circle. And friend or not, I'm not holding any dwarf's hand for longer than it takes to strike a deal! Yeah. yeah. I thought I told you to. Oh, right, the mind link. Sonome! I have a new, have a new task for you. For you. Place you upon this quest. You need to take up a suitable reprise upon Morton Thought you're the first person who hasn't pulled my hand off at the wrist when you grabbed it, other than Lady Gnome. I just want to thank you for your kindness. Uh, okay, I, I guess I couldn't tell what kind of look was on your face because you only have two expressions. Mouth closed and mouth open. But a little like how Issa's flippers only have two options in Rochambeau, paper and rock. Yep, some species have taken the basic model of the hand and perfected it. Who needs scissors, anyway? Give me your hand, Morton. Ouch! That's quite a strong grip you've got. I guess I shouldn't be surprised that the seven ILDM tall penguin has a crushing hand sh flipper shake. Yes, yes, much better. Now that we're all circled up, we should center ourselves with a prayer. Reverend Maldreth, would you please de-sanctify the evening? Of course, Bard. It displeases me less than usual to see you giving our gods their due credit in your meager accomplishments. Join me, Master Shenouda. Almighty twins of the sword who battled in the celestial womb with fist and umbilicus. The first to make war. And the 
the first to craft the tools thereof. Turn your burning gazes upon this evening and this performance. May our instruments be weapons in the war on silence. May our notes be barrages of bass and tactical strikes of treble. May the clamor of our victory against silence echo out for all time and in all years. Thank you both. This evening will be quite the one to remember, I promise you. Now, the fat moon is nearly in position, so we must away to the stage. Brother Caltrops, still, your majesty, I regret to inform you that your services will not be needed upon the stage tonight. I suggest you make haste back to the Frozen Summit cross-planar bar and grill so that you might go back to overseeing your personal affairs. Come now, my performers. The stump awaits, and if this song begins between a half note too early and an eighth note too late, then the swamp will dry up and all of Acoustica will be forced to endure a thousand years of drought. So, timing is of the essence... It seems kind of suspicious that Romandel wants us to leave. Instead of watching the performance, don't you think? I agree, Brother Caltrops. Usually the bard wants as big of the audience as he can get. I kind of get a wanting His Majesty King Froggle out of the way, but your Barograss usually makes the concession sales go through the thatch of the roof. Froggle well, wanted to be King of Band. But talkie elves say they're no lyric for Orcoustican birthday song. And Vrogel already king of bar, so now me want to be king of Orctians. So, are we in an agreement then? We're staying for the performance? And we're gonna have one last look around for this Spangle Gloves person. If they're gonna strike... Then right when the band takes the stage would be the perfect time. We've got about a quarter hour left while the road crew tears down for Trellis and the Faceless, so we should split up. Go to thinking, brother Ben. I'll take it the left wing. And I'll take the right. Roggle... Roggle king with wing. Me also king of Theotork, so me know me place. Me look in fly space. Here, I've got a few rings of message that I keep in my pouch for situations like this. I use them to stay in communication, so report in if you find anything. If this operation goes teats up, then use Maldrath's ring to teleport to the stage. We'll catch Spangle Gloves before they kill our business partners, or my name's not Dark Brother Smid Caltrops, the Half Bear Monk. Oh, okay. Now that all of those other guys are gone, I can finally tell you, the audience, about the many goods and services that we offer at the Frozen Summit Cross Plain Bar and Grill. Not only do we serve the finest of foodstuffs and the tastiest drinkstuffs, but we also offer a wider range of adventuring outfitters and spellcasters. Yes, friends, the insufferable bastards decided a long time ago that we wouldn't stand for no half of the market price of bullshit, 
So we opened up the shop in the corner of the bar. And now we can sell all of their weapons and all of their armors and the tents and the rucksacks and the such that we pick up off the bodies of our slain foes. So come on down to the frozen summit, cross the plain, the bar, and the grill the next time you get a hankering to go on some adventures. Plus, the first 50 customers to buy the secret item of the day will get a free week supply of a Frozen Summit Private Reserve Ice Vine. So hurry on down to the Frozen Summit Cross Plain Bar and Grill today! Alright, I'm in position in the right wing. Still, it sounds like you left your ring on through that commercial, so I'm assuming you're still on your way to the left. Froggle, are you in position yet? Um, me and hold a position, but me think it may be not one you want me for hold? Uh, Friggle fall into swamp, so now me needs dirty him up again after him touch watwork. Me promised me look through riggings in fly space, though, as soon as Sun ams recover work from me negligent fatherhood. God damn it. I hate you guys. Don't worry, Brother Bear. I can always send Sunome up to the grid. Sunome! Yes, Mom. Shut up, Sunome, and hold on to this rope with all your meager might. Right away, Master. What should I do now that I'm holding? You just hold on tight while I grab the bear by the wrist and use one of his claws to cut this line free from the railing! Thrimlock drags the half-bear monk's paw across the rope line, cutting several cords at once. A series of bags plummets heavily toward the stage, crashing open and spilling their sandy contents all over the hardwood platform. Well, I guess that'll do. Especially since Morton forcibly cybonded you two. Can you see anything up there, Thrimlock? Uh, not really. Sonome kinda got tangled up on the way, and I think there's about 30 centi ILDMs of help between his eye sockets and the outside world. I can kinda hear the shuffling and rustling of silk pantaloons, though. But I assume that's just the sound of all of us climbing onto the stage in these costumes Romande picked out. All right, Sonome. If you don't get down here right now, I won't be able to play you for this stupid song, and that'll be your fault that the swamp dries up for a thousand years. Yes, yes, master. Let me jump. Anyway, where the hell's is Romande? I assumed he came over with you guys. I think he said something about casting actors private sanctum before making his entrance. If he didn't do that, then I assume that he's over in the wing off stage left. Probably more like he was going to cast actor's private tantrum. Nah, a private tantrum would be useless to our bard. He's far more likely to cast actor's public tantrum. And he's probably over across the stage casting it right now. <clears throat> no, he's not over here right now. We just got a Maldreth, Imamond, and the Morton over on this side. Gods, this garland is uncomfortable. Why did the stupid bard have to make it so tight? I can barely work in this thing. 
and it totally clashes with this kelp-colored ball gown that I can barely move in. I wouldn't say that, Fistball Head. The two brains provide a nice counterpoint to each other. I appreciate the sentiment, Tuxie, but you don't need to lie just to make Romande look better at his job. Which he's apparently terrible at, since it's less than ten minutes to Carton and he's nowhere to be found. Ow! Sounds like Froggle just made it over to the lift up to the grid. Me amps finally make to stage! And Friggle amps happy and clean as Bard Daddy Elf's pigs when they roll in quick! And me just trip overk this little metal box. Hey, Imminent! You amps have company for make box? What box do? Hmm. The coiled copper spires suggests that this may be a heavily modified chain lightning trap. I'm quite surprised you didn't set it off. Any, uh, indication as to who might have manufactured it, Master Shenouda? Over. Let's see. Detect matching. Ah, yes. There are some strong familial energies flowing from this particular device. Well, if you know who the manufacturer is, then spit it out. Unless, of course, you'd prefer Makar to declare a war on mummies for the next millennium or two. Shut up and pay attention, Maldred. I said that the energies were familial, as in, from a particular family line. I can tell that this device was infused with the energies of the Mad Day slash Finday family, but I cannot narrow it down beyond that. Well, shut! That certainly narrows the search field, but Romande has a pretty big family for now. Especially if any of his grandparents or aunts and uncles are alive. You didn't pay any attention to Mr. Mulcafiende's lectures on acoustic and naming conventions, did you, Steve? Imanon said it came from the Monde slash Finde family, which pretty much just means Ma, Pa, and their two kids. Maybe Izzy's two kids, too, but they're only half-elves, so I don't know or particularly care how they were named. I still don't think that it's Romande this time. Actually, from what you all have said about your trip to the Plain of Potatoes, this sounds like exactly the kind of hackneyed shtick that he'd deploy twice. Over. Yeah, but Spangle Gloves started threatening people a month before we arrived, and Romane was with us consuming alkanuts on penguin ice island the whole time. Yes, but the bard could have easily sent someone else ahead to deliver these threats on his behalf, just as he did during that whole Don Vincenzo fiasco. So, I guess it's clearly Romande who's behind all this, then. <laughs> we should just let the brain spiders decide who is truly at fault here. 
Maldrith, if you send even one of those tiny land crab things at me, I swear I will bring the full force of every Pengonquin raiding party, hunting squad, and war battalion down upon your cathedral in Slumberton. Hush your beak, Penguin. Romande is taking the stage. We should probably get up there and start playing this stupid northern birthday song. A hush falls over the crowd as the stage magicians dim the lights. The band takes the stage in darkness and silence, breathing in the expectant energy from the assembled audience of 11,000 out-of-towners. And as the first simple notes of the Scottalian birthday song ring out, the lights come up and the crowd... Well, well, the crowd starts with a lot of enthusiasm, but, you know, after the first few bars... Only the locals really seem to be appreciating the bastard's efforts. Ouch, they're dying out there. At least they're dying in the figurative sense, and not the literal one. Speaking of which, you guys have found any traps or some threats? Night wings clear. I just made another sweep. Uh, me think me am's fine thing. What kind of thing, Droggle? Is it a dangerous thing? If it does happen to be a dangerous thing, then you should hit it with a UX! It's sometimes dangerous thing, but struggle already defeat, so it no threat. Other thing though, oh, other thing way more dangerous. But it not seem what kill Ruggle right now, so what me do now, Bear? So you got the two things up there? Knock it off, you two. Froggle, what have you found? Before Froggle can respond, the name day song reaches its breakdown, whereupon tradition dictates that the band leader must introduce the vamping musicians and then give a short speech in praise of the birthday person. Good evening, lords, ladies, non-binary, multi-form, constructs, unknowable, and other. You have chosen your evening's entertainment quite poorly. For you are about to experience the most agonizing torture in all of Western Scotalia. For I am your mistress of misery, Israven Spangleglubs, and I have traveled from a parallel universe where I killed my brother and assumed his identity. The elf throws off her wig with a flourish before unfastening the top button on her shirt and removing two padded chest enhancers. As the villain before you pulls on a pair of white sequined gloves, two bodies come hurtling down from the fly space, their ropes jolting them to a stop 30 ILDMs above the stage. The only comfort that anybody can take at this moment is that the real Roman Day is bound, gagged, and suspended midair. On the other hand, it's actually pretty distressing that our reality's Isriana is in the same situation. I mean, the Red Hand is supposed to start recording their new album next month. Ugh. I cannot believe that this reality's Romande gained so much weight just so he could play the Brando at the Imperial Stage Society. When Bardock the Many-Faced promised me a single boon, I needed no time to think. 
as I had already murdered my brother and taken his place so as to ruin his reputation. So would I do to every iteration of that insufferable brother across the entire polycosm. Once I stop pantomiming and actually play the traditional acoustic and name-day song at my own party, then I shall have ruined his name upon this world forever! For in acoustica, it is the hired musician's most sacred duty to ensure that precisely this never happens! <laughs> Bruggle swoops down from the rigging upon his grafted dragon wings, catching the mirror world Isriana behind the left ear, snapping her head violently toward the right. She lands on the stage in a piled clump, her neck at a hideous angle. Oh, shark! What should we do now? Should we at least untie Romande and is Isriana? Stop talking, Steve! You're endangering the rhythm of the tambourine! Yeah, and you don't want to play any of these notes at the wrong time, or else the swamp will dry up for a thousand years or something. Isn't that right, Sonomophone? Blinkity blank, yes, monster. Blonkity blongle blink. We just have to make it through to the end of this song, then. And with Romande tied up and Spangle Gloves dead, we shouldn't have too many distractions. Fair. Makar of the Silent Slaughters would never leave us so easy a task. I must agree with Father Maldren. Look, terrible portents are bubbling up from that corpse's eyes. You look down upon the stage to behold an increasingly familiar sight. The body of Spangle Gloves has begun to twitch and convulse. Her eyes bubbling and boiling until they burst in a wet, putrid pop. As the body rises into the air, her chest heaves and forces wind through her larynx. The great vengeance knows no limits. The unmakings are as yet incomplete. Now... Both my brother and my other self will be forced to watch as I consume their home world and spit out a cloud of celestial dust. For the knowledge burns, and its burning shall be forever extinguished. I... I'm the herald of the end, and the end hungers. Oh, what's happening? Do we keep playing the song? Don't worry, friends dwarf. The Red Hand Minstrel Assassins are here to believe the band. You guys can take care of this cosmic parasite. Shanks loves for play name day song for acousticans. This ends always best times of year. You shall all die in due course. Your knowledges will be rent asunder. 
Your quintessence shall be scattered across the decay of space-time. Finger of Mandos, maker of weapons, you too shall be the first to be rent. The body that was formerly Spangler's opens its empty sockets wide, drawing in the chaotic energies derived from entropy. She swivels her spine unnaturally to stroke her light-eating gaze across Ibnon and Thrimor. Unleashing two bolts of matter-nullifying darkness. Oh, hit the deck! Fortunately, the demon provided enough warning for me to erect my cube of horns. Though I do not believe it can withstand many more blows of that nature. This demon seems stronger than those we have previously even stronger than that redskin potato dragon of the hungering end that we killed? Yes, Penguin. Even stronger than that miserable foodstuff we dispatched. But now we must capture or destroy this specimen, lest it consume all of Scotalia. I shall attempt the former by casting into to trap this bangle-handed distraction. My cadaver collector shall mount the stage to retrieve my new source of scientific inquiry. The wooden stage shatters as two parallel pillars of stone erupt through it, rising to match Spangleglove's height. And then they start to lean ominously toward each other. And just as the tipping tops of the two rock columns meet, the villainess dances lively into one of the oncoming shadows, vanishing entirely from sight. Hang on! She didn't vanish! She's over there, coming out from the shadow of the cadaver collector! There goes the element of surprise! And knocking out their spellcasters didn't seem to work. So, I suppose I'll have to take a more traditional approach. Kill the healer first. Spangle Gloves vaults up the Collector's back, tiptoeing across the jutting headstones, and then leaping from its zenith directly toward Maldrith. In midair, she draws two weapons. They appear to be the bronze handles of two fist daggers, though they are missing the blades. She fires another ray of atom-smashing destruction toward Maldreth's right, driving him leftward. Spangleglove's fists then erupt with an intense blue light as two positive energy blades wink into being. She holds the weapons aloft, slightly behind her head. She then twists her body and disappears into her own shadow, emerging just behind the priest of Makar as he dodges his side. Ugh. Infernal wretch! O Makar of the Withering Gaze, direct thy sight upon mine foe that you may bring destruction upon her. This pain is nothing! Knowledge is the true pain! Yeah, yeah, we've heard it all before. You think you're so special because your feelings or genome or animating spirit or whatever got hurt. 
Well, I think you should spend a little time out in a prismatic sphere to think about what you've done. Uh, Rimlock? Where'd you put the prismatic sphere? Because the demonic alternate universe version of Romande's sister is right there, starting to float an ILDM and a half above what's left of the stage. What? Oh, sorry. I thought I was talking to Sonob through that damnable silink that you forced on us. What are we doing again? We're fighting a demon for the Bard sister's birthday. Or maybe it's Romande's birthday now. Oh, maybe it's the demon's birthday. It's all so damned confusing. I'll just forget about whose birthday it might be and cast blind loyalty. Go home. The eyeless body of Spangloves begins to shrink and shrivel as all the moisture in her body is swiftly sucked away. But this doesn't seem to stop her. In fact, she's gathering energy for another one of those Destructo Blasts. And actually, I've really got to give props to the Red Hand right here for not missing a single note while all of this madness is going on around her. We professionals. Hmm. I'm not sure what kind of help I'll be right now. Spangle Gloves is within range of my list's thirdly leap, but I don't know how much damage my knife will do, especially when all this magic doesn't seem to be slowing her. Steve, we're Rose. With all the fun and chaos that's going on, nobody is looking at us. So let's do what rogues do best and sneak off to do the one important thing while everybody's back is turned. Sounds good. What's our mission? We're going to go up there and untie Isriana. And Romande. If we're lucky, Romande's still got that potato sword that Mayase made. That thing seemed to be pretty effective against these hungry end demons. Okay, but which one of us has to untie Romande, and which gets to untie is Rihanna. Good point. Uh, Rochambeau? One, two, three, shoot! Paper! Scissors! I get to untie is C. I'll just leap up there. Fucking scissors. I knew I should have gone with rock. But now I guess I'll just cast fly. <laughs> One second, Bard. The last thing I plan to do is now, if I know my knots like I think I do, I just need to pull here. Ouch. Well, I suppose I ought to thank you for that saving, sir. And though it pains me to admit it, I rather like the garland that our current foe has selected for you. It compliments your eyes very well. Sorry this knot is taking me so long, Miss Elephant Day. Don't worry, darling. If she is an alternate version of me, then I can take credit for how well that knot was tied. Oh, gods. You really are Romande's sister, aren't you? Anyway, here you go. Thanks again, Steve, dearie. As Isriana lightly touches down on the stage, a hush settles over the crowd. Well, brother, 
It is good to see your insufferable bastards finally reunited. And sister, I suppose it must be good to see your red hand minstrel assassins. A full quintet once again. Quit your prattle, elves. Powerful as our spells and prayers may be, no number of flame strikes seems to be enough. Yeah, neither are Lenardian's prismatic boots. She just keeps shaking off the petrification, and I think she's immune to most of the energy types. I just hope the madness element of the spell eventually works. No such luck, Thrimlock. She's clearly already insane, or else my symbols of insanity would have been more effective. Enough of this. We must use the sanctified arms of the Forge Mother to dispatch this foul denizen of the hungering head. Very well. I suppose you're the better swordsman, Israeliana. You always have been. And it is your birthday, so I will lend you my potato-soled scimitar. Just be sure to get it back when you're done. And I shall join your band in playing just this once, that we together might inspire your courage. Israeliana says nothing. Just smiles as she takes the toppler and dances into a shadow behind some debris. A moment later, she dives down from the rafters, whirling her blade in a wide circle as she descends. Ha! Such an easy attack to predict! And just as easy to counter! Wait, what? Which is why I sent my shadow ahead of me. To test your reaction. Isriana catches her mirror self at the end, tripping the eyeless demon and throwing her off balance enough for the shadow dancer to strike deep and true with the potato sold blade. The welling darkness in Spangle Glove's empty eyes then bursts and fires wildly, uncontrolled, up into the sky. It looks like it's heading towards the middle size of this. Three moons. Those are giant eggs. Thank you very much. According to ancient penguin lore, when one of them hatches, it'll mean the end of the world. Which one is the moon that's supposed to hatch? All of them. There are at least three different apocalypse scenarios, depending on which hatches first. I think the middle moon had something to do with the stars going out and universal decay setting in. A world of ice, but no fish. Sounds terrible. Hey, look, Israela's back. I hope you enjoyed the use of my favorite way to annoy Yiminand. He just hates it that I own one of his goddess's weapons. I can just imagine. Here you go, brother. And thank you. I wasn't sure you would still hand it over if I said anything before, but... Today is not my birthday. What do you mean it isn't your birthday? It is still a quarter hour before midnight. My birthday isn't for a week. After all, it is the same day as Bromie's. Huh. Really? Uh, who knew? Romande. 
How do you not know when your own birthday is? Well, Isa, that would require knowing when Israana's birthday is. And the less I know about her life, the better my life is. Though it was nice to play with your band, sister. I suppose I'll see you next week at our joint birthday party then. She certainly will not, Bard. For you will be serving the lengthiest, most inane penance in the entire Grand Book of Punishments. Bard, Romande, are you even listening? Something's wrong with is Rihanna and Grimlock too. Look. It appears as though all the elves in the audience are also affected. Every elf at the concert snaps to rigid attention. Their lips peel away from their teeth in horrible rictus grimaces, and they stand with all muscles taut for a long minute. They blankly stare into the sky as they begin to speak in unison. Hello? Is this thing on? You have the honor of being contacted by His Excellency. Give me that trinket, you fool. We have no time for pleasantries. This is the Emperor himself. I am reaching out to all forces in the field, to all strike teams, to our allies and to our enemies. Sound and scar, the holy city of Valandros and the Weavens is under attack. The ongoing end has returned. And our knights and magi are not enough to hold back the flood. If they take the gateways in the harbor, then all is lost. They will ravage and consume all walls that our empire has touched. Whether you love us or hate us, you must send your armies. You can kill us all later if you get the chance. We at least would die knowing that there will be a later. Well, that certainly was the loudest time we've heard that message. Well then, my insufferable bastards. Let us away from my hometown, that we might finally fulfill our duty and save the Emperor. Visit the 20-Sided Theatre online at 20sidedtheatre.com. You can also follow us on Twitter through Scryo magical links that Imanond and Thrimlock have established. You can follow the 20-Sided Theatre at 20-Sided Theatre, spelled with an R-E. You can follow the inexcusable Romande Zwarfinde at Illustrious Row. Master Imanon Shinuda at Shinuda Necroco. Thrimlock Lenanian at Thrimlock. Issa Featherfoot at Lady Featherfoot and Spirit of the Swift Wind at Spirit OTSW. Check the show notes if you need help with the spellings. The 20 Sided Theater is brought to you by Sorvinde Productions, the Shenuda Necromancy Corporation, and the letter P. This episode stars Gabriel Abenante, Natalie Abenante, Blake Parker, Caridwin Quatrin, Kean Quatrin, Rory Quatrin, and Tony Scarupi. Tonight's episode was written by Rory Quatrin and engineered by Blake Parker. Music by Ben Briggs, Blackula Hunter, Hatashu, 
Stephen O'Brien and BCMG for a complete list of and links to all the music and sound effects you heard on tonight's episode visit the show notes at 20sidedtheater.com while you're there consider donating to the upkeep and production of the 20 sided theater if you don't, Isa will send Tuxedo Beak and that filth-ridden Luwak Airwalker to puke up a finely blended chum into your clean laundry. Join us next time at the 20-Sided Theater! This goblin is uncomfortable. <laughs> Why did I make a garland out of a goblin?